Hello and welcome to the Lost Art Podcast. I'm Paul and I'm here with Gar. That's me. Today we are going to do novelty songs and we're going to instantly just hit you with our worst one. It is the night that <laughs> Kit saved Christmas. The Night Rider Christmas song. Are you and ready? There's no better. <laughs> I gotta get sick. I was saving this to uh, play for Gar on this podcast because uh, it's not on Spotify, so uh, it's not on one of our choices. Oh, uh, the taste of puke in my mouth it came up. <laughs> it happened. Stop. That's the night that Kit saved Christmas. A story oh about when God. Santa couldn't make it and Kit came to deliver. <laughs> I never heard it like that in my life. I'm, I've got pain in the back of my neck now. I'm after hurting something. I pulled something. I didn't mean to hurt you. Oh my fucking god. I didn't god. mean to hurt you. Oh my fucking god. It's just a Christmas song. <coughs> I never heard it like that before in my life. By the way, we will link that entire song on this. I would love to have been able to pick it, but it's just not on Spotify. And not that it matters usually, but there you go. Taste of that. I nearly so, fell out of my fucking chair. So, novelty songs. These are songs that are usually a comedy song or a song that has come along to take advantage of the popularity of a TV show or a product that they go, you know what? Because back in the day, everything like, oh, well, we have to release a song about yeah, it. Yeah, like everything cra- that came out got a song. Crazy Frog or, yeah. Jesus, what is there? Mr. Blobby. Mr. Blobby was a big one. Um, yeah. Timmy Malle. Itsy bitsy, teeny weeny, yellow polka dot bikini. I think the the English were mad about this in the mm. 80s. But, but before that, in the late 70s, the Americans were doing it a lot with Mr. T, Treat Your Mother Right. Yeah. Remember Treat Your Mother Right? Yeah. That song like that basically started Will Smith's career. <laughs> Here's a nice rap about your mother. Oh, I'm still sweating that fucking kid song. <laughs> fucking hell. Then we have people like Weird Al Yankovic, who is yeah. one of the masters of it, Ray Stevens. Frank Sidebottom, who we covered in yeah. the Alter Egos thing. Uh, sp- no, it's not Spinal Tap. No, 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 no. <laughs> no, that's more no, that's part of a, Yeah, that's part of an idea. Yeah. Um, Wait. Mis- I mean, you know Mr. Bean had one called Mr. Bean and the Smear Campaign featuring Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden. Really? Called I Want to Be Elected. Fucking hell. In 1992, coming up to the general election. Um, Mr. Bean and Bruce Dickinson from Iron Maiden had one. Um Fuck, I, I'll say this, I have always had a soft spot in my heart for novelty songs. Well, yeah, you like Joy of Money, so... Yeah, that was the first record I ever yeah, bought, Joy of Money. I've told that story before, I was looking at the... It was Joy of Money or Kill Em All by Metallica, yeah. and I chose uh, Joy of Money. <laughs> Gra- Grange Hill, Just Say No, the drugs one from mm-hmm. 86. There was uh, Living Doll, the young ones with mm-hmm. uh, Cliff yeah. Richard. Also, Neil from the... The uh, young ones had that hole in my shoe, the kind of psychedelic song. Mm. So these are all the ones that we couldn't really find, but we wanted to mention them anyway. Oh, um, but hell. we have got 12 absolute 
banger for some you. Outrageous ones. Actually, uh, one or two of mine are actually alright. I no, think that one's well. right. yeah. Um, yeah. I, think, I think I like most of them, and some of them I put down from being atrocities. <sighs> I'm gonna I'm gonna say ninety percent of mine are absolute atrocities in so, one way, shape, or form. Like you, uh, you've the first one, don't I you? I got the first one, and it was actually the one. It, <laughs> I'm gonna listen. I'm not. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm gonna be laughing and nearly puking throughout this entire podcast because this this is near and dear to my heart. This novelty, novelty songs. songs. I fucking love them. Yeah. I love them. You see, when you suggested this, I was like, shit. I already have this made. Yeah, yeah. Um, from when I. But I, I was trying to do it as a publicity kind of a commercial mm. single promotional job. But yeah. then I was like, that is novelty songs as well. So, Pretty much, yeah. So we managed to get them all into the one. Uh, there was there was one I couldn't find. <laughs> I was two I couldn't find. There was one Terminator 2 song. There's like unofficial Terminator 2 song called Uzi 9mm. Uzi 9mm. Yeah, and it was just this garbage kind of, <laughs> this garbage fucking dance music. It was just spliced with like, not even a sample from the movie, because they couldn't afford it. Just some bloke going, Uzi 9mm. <laughs> I had it on cassette when I was a kid, and there was a Robocop one, called, like you, you have 30 seconds to comply, or whatever. I, I, I grew up, Buying those uh, cassettes. I did as well. I, they were huge in when we were growing up. <laughs> yeah, man. Like, I, I, I would buy real band albums, but I would buy cassette singles. The ones yeah. in the shitty little cardboard sleeves. They were always in cardboard sleeves because it was cheaper than putting them yeah. in the jewel case. I, I've owned a lot of these. Oh yeah, yeah, me too. 100%. And did you ever notice that the artwork never had the official stuff? Because that's when no, they were stepping. That was just some fucking. No, because they were stepping over the line. Yeah, there. yeah. We'll get into, too much. We'll get into later why um, they could get away with samples in the late eighties and nineties. But uh, who's your first one? My, my first one is Ant and Deck. Let's oh, get ready to rumble. Fucking hell. Uh, yeah, uh, this song makes me feel a bit ill. It's 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 fucking atrocious. They spelled rumble with an R-H-U-M-B-L-E. Like now, rhubarb? Yeah. Now, I assume they've done that because the phrase, let's get ready to rumble, is copyrighted by the fucking boxing, boxing guy. Yeah. yeah. Um, so they had to spell it differently to get away with it. But they, they literally used the sample of him saying at the start of it. Right? Well, let's get ready, yeah, let's get ready for the millions. Oh, yeah, exactly. For the thousands in attendance and the millions yeah. watching. Like, they literally used that fucking sample. Uh, it's Actually, we have our mic set up a little bit like that, don't we? A almost, little bit. Almost hanging yeah, they down. Come down. Yeah, they uh, come down. This is like two fucking absolute gobshites rapping. From Biker Grove. Yeah, it's like rapping Northerners. It's a, a, truly an abortion of a song. Like, it's just, like, lyrically, so many lyrics were frightened to use them. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Stop getting sick. Oh, I'm going to fucking die. So many lyrics were, were frightened, frightened to, to use, use them. them. And there's something about keeping a silo full of lyrics in there as well. A silo. Something like what that. What a random word for keep. Uh, <laughs> for the... It uses a sample from Everybody Dance Now. It's got the... Yeah. Of course, in there. Uh, we're raw and pure like sushi. That's another lyric. <laughs> we're raw and pure like sushi. Fuck oh. off. Um, this is this song. It's fucking mad. The bloke who wrote the song is called uh, Nicky Graham. He was David Bowie's keyboardist. <laughs> and he wrote fucking songs. He wrote songs for the Nolans, Bross. Let Loose, Code Red, Shaken Stevens, Aaron Carter. Well, like there's he's not got a, a massive difference between Atten Deck and Bross. If yeah. you think about it. Bross songs are better than this. This is a, this is a fuck truly an abortion. Um, I'm going to play a bit of it. Go on. We should, we should give, give, we're not going to get lifted by an algorithm off of these things because nobody Hopefully. wants to hear these fucking things. So hang on, let's, let's, here we go. Let's get ready to <laughs> 
Watch us wreck the mic. Watch us ready, Mike. Psych. That's fucking disgusting. It's so bad. Which one is Anthem? Which one is Deck? Is Deck the big one? Uh, the big one's Deck, isn't it? Deck McPartland is the big one. Yeah, so he he can actually do it. He can coin a rap. The other guy can't even. He's like Yeah, he just does the little follow up. Yeah, in it. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna just jump ahead, right? Cause Majorities, aren't they? Yeah, I think they were PJ and Duncan, weren't yeah, they? Yeah, PJ and Duncan. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah hang on, from Bike a Grove. There's another bit I have to try and find there. Listen to that. What's that? That's an awful sample. Let's yeah. Get ready to in crime. We'll never do time. A sentence for us has to end in the rhyme. We're Rob. You're like sushi. We lay down the law. What quick on the draw? We played it. We made it. The rest don't score. No jokes. No messing. We teach you a lesson. A state of confusion to keep you all guessing. It's literally one of the worst things I've ever heard. In all of my days on this earth. And I love it. I love that it exists. I didn't mind it when it came out. Because you know what? It was the precursor to that band 5. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah but I'm still sweating. I'm Slam Dunk the Funk. There's not a billion miles away from no, Slam, Slam Dunk the Slam Dunk the Funk's actually deadly, though. I don't give a it's shit. It's a great song. Fucking Slam Dunk. All that, that 5 mega mix yeah. that they play in fucking Copperface Jackson and all the, the clubs. <laughs> where it's like every single 5 song just splurges into one 8-minute thing. Yeah, Keep it, keep it uh, around. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah watch us wreck the mic. Psych. Psych. It's, listen, what do you want me to say about Anton Deck? Let's get ready to rumble. One of the kings of the novelty songs. It's fucking so bad. He's, a, he's in rehab again, I think. <sighs> you wouldn't, you, wouldn't you be if you fucking put songs like that out? Like, not only that, a full album. Like, they have a greatest hits, man. They have a fucking, they have a greatest hits, man. Like, they, they literally have albums full of music. Why, I, man, greatest Way, hits, man. Yeah. Fucking cup of beans, man. Cup of beans. <laughs> if you got a spoon, the sausage is the spoon. <laughs> it's fucking garbage. Anyway, who's your next one? Give me your next one. My first one is a classic. It's Do the Bartman oh, by The Simpsons. Lad. From 1990. Wrongly attributed to Michael Jackson as the writer. Mm. Although, not completely wrongly. So it's written by Brian Lauren. Okay. He's like a singer-songwriter known for working with... Barry White and Whitney Houston. Mm-hmm. Um, and there is speculation that Michael Jackson wrote the entire song. So he set the record straight in 2015. It's a long time ago. Mm. He said, I'm the sole writer of the song, lyrically. He goes, it's true that Michael Jackson does sing backing vocals. And it was his idea to call it Do the Bartman. Also, the very last thing is he did insist that I include his name in the lyrics. Really? That's why the lyrics. So MJ yeah. is on this song. He's on it, he named it, and he put input into it. So it's it's there, it's mm. very real. Also, he produced the song. So, I mean... Along with some sonic music, eh? Sonic music, apparently, yeah. yeah. So the, lyric, the line is, if you can do the bar to your bad like Michael Jackson. So that he wanted his name in there, because Michael Jackson was a huge Simpsons fan. That's of course, what, yeah. He was in season three, you know, yeah. as the... Fake Michael Jackson. Fake Michael yeah. Jackson, yeah. Um, Fuck. I've always liked this song. Listen, do you want to hear a story? In a minute. Go in on. In a minute. I want to say how much I love the video. Right, go on. And remember the music at the start of it. Where they're all dancing in the, in the talent, the skill talent yeah. show. Um, 
Go on, tell me your story about it. Uh, tell you, let's play a bit of a forced. Yeah, go on. Let's play give you, I'm, gonna, I'm, I'm after I've skipped about forty seconds it's, into it's it. A, right? It's a minute in. It's a minute or so. Right. So yeah, let me jump jump about a minute in. Let me hit play here. Huh? That's such a Michael Jackson chord change right there from the bad era. Big time. Have a flashback here. Yeah. Michael Jackson. Yeah. It's a good song. It is a good song. So when this song came out, <laughs> I'm gonna show my age here now, right? When this song came out, uh, obviously I was obsessed, and the radio were playing it. The radio would play it like every fucking fifteen minutes. It would yeah. be on some radio station, and I had this like Sanyo radio cassette player. Sanyo? Yeah. You fancy bastard. Yeah. I had an Alba. Alba, did they even exist back then? Of course they did. That's what's the only time they exist. You can't get them now. Oh, you can, yeah. Little and all still down. Albus, yeah. No, they do um, like Silvercrest. Silvercrest, their own brand one, yeah. Oh. Uh, yeah, I had a Sanyo that was given to me like a couple of years beforehand by like my grandmother or something. And I was fucking fully committed to trying to record, do the Bartman off like 2FM or something, right? Oh, this is always a very hard thing to do. Right now, what I will say is at the time, I didn't understand that if it was a built-in unit and I had a blank tape in the cassette recorder and I hit record, it would just record straight off the radio without the microphone. Oh, yeah. Right? I didn't know that. I thought that it was... Whatever's playing. Yeah. I thought it was using the microphone to record because we like, used to make little shitty radio shows like me and my mates. We would have like another little stereo sitting beside Oh, my we, God. I'd pay good yeah, money to hear them. They might still be real. Like They might exist in a, in a, in a shed or an attic somewhere. Oh, my God. So we'd hit, like, record on, on the tape recorder, and we'd have another tape recorder, like, a tape player, and we'd just play music and talk over, and that was Metallica and Joyce Bunny or whatever, right? <laughs> so we do... fucking saps. We, yeah, full saps. <laughs> so we'd do that for fucking hours, like. So I always thought it only recorded over the microphone. So I remember being in my grandmother's house, and I had my little Sanyo, my trusty Sanyo. I hope it's not how you set this gear up tonight. No. I hope it's not an easy way <laughs> you could have saved yourself time. It won't end the same way, hopefully. <laughs> so I was in my grandmother's kitchen, and I told me, Matt, I was like, man, I'm going to play the Bartman now in a minute. He's after saying, after the break, I'm playing the Bartman, and I'm going to lock myself into the kitchen, Matt, and no one's allowed into the kitchen until the song is over, it's because it's going recording. to record it. And I bet you held your breath right? the whole time. The whole thing. I sat there, trembling, with sweaty fingers, yeah. holding it over, playing record at the same time, waiting for Bartman to start. That. And as I, as he's like fucking coming back in, it's like, oh, no, as promised, here we go, we'll do the Bertman. And I hit play record and I sat there holding me breath, fucking looking at the kitchen door, saying, fucking, please don't come in, please don't come in, please don't come in. Fully convinced that, like, I would hear the door open and all it's going to show you. And it's recording about 20 seconds into it. My little sister, who was probably about eight years of age at the time, burst in crying, looking for a ham sandwich or something. And I picked up the Sanyo and I burst it over her head. <laughs> I picked up the fucking Sanyo. I literally lit her up, like battery powered to the house bang. I burst it over her fucking head in my poor grandmother's kitchen. She was bawling. There's fucking blood and hair everywhere. Oh, Jesus yeah. Christ. Me, me ma screaming. My grandmother doesn't know what's going on. She runs and just sees me standing over there. And I'm, well, just I, buy it, I, I feel fully justified. 
right? Oh, yeah. I'm not giving out. I'm like, I told you. That's because you were barking. I told you. Were she I, was Lisa. Full on. That's the way it was. Like, mm. I full on. 100% was justified in my destruction of my sister's head and the little stereo yeah. because I told everybody I was going to be recording do the Bartman because I don't think it was even out on tape yet it wasn't getting released it used to take a while yeah it used to yeah. take a while like the cassette wasn't out yet and I just wanted this song I was they obsessed. send it to radio to see how good it was going to yeah, be exactly, big it was going yeah. to be before they start production exactly yeah. 100% you know we, do we need like 10,000 do we need yeah. a million you know otherwise we would have went up and spent the two <laughs> quid on it we would exactly and uh, yeah, so I burst this whole Sanyo fucking stereo over my sister's head. My mother and my grandmother came flying in, screaming, shouting, and he's lifting my sister's lying on the floor, bawling. And I'm screaming, you fucking bitch. Do the fart, man. Yeah, fucking wrecked it on me. I'll never hear it again. <laughs> never, like, yeah, I've no more blank tapes or anything. And you broke my stereo, you fucking bitch. I lost my fucking marbles at it. But yeah, that's when I think of <laughs> Do the Bart Man, I don't actually think of the song. I think of the want and destruction of your uh, sister's cranial passage. Put upon my sister on in in uh, on Banner Road in Cabra, yeah, <laughs> where I where I fully lit her up and broke my stereo. Now the good news was that my grandmother loved me and bought me another Sanyo about two weeks later. And I had a CD player in it, and that was the only CD player I had until I was like twenty. At the same <laughs> one forever, because CDs were only coming out at the time. Under under one. Circumstance, Gary, you can't break it over your sister's head. I would never, honest to God, I was so obsessed with CDs when they came out. Like, this is the new thing. Yeah. They sound so much better. I was better. the first person I know that had a CD copier. I, got I, a, I went to England to get it. I robbed one and I worked in a, uh, I worked part time when I was in secondary school in a computer shop. And I, well, I didn't rob one, but I took one and I built it into a computer they had in the office. And what, geez, I can't actually, remind me never to say what the name of the company is, but what we used to do was we'd, uh, <laughs> We'd take copies of like Microsoft Office and we'd rob the blank CDs and we'd copy Microsoft Office and we'd sell them to people. That's fair enough, if you ask me. And like Lotus <laughs> Notes and all like stuff that was like a hundred pound. Oh yeah. Software that was like a hundred pound, we'd sell it to you for like ten, twenty quid. Jesus. Mm. Well So we could do that. We could uh, we could copy albums and uh there was the internet was there but it was shy. There's no such thing as movies on the internet really back then. I remember I went over to uh England. To Manchester, I think it was, on the ferry mm. with my ma to visit my sister. And I was like, well, I'm over there, shit. Nowhere in Ireland sells a, a CD copier. Mm. But I got one and I brought it home and I hooked it up to my CD player and I realised that you couldn't hook it straight up. No. You needed an amp. I had no sound card or anything. No. You needed an amp to go into that force and change <laughs> the thing. So by that stage, it was Was losing. it like a deck recorder? Yeah, exact yeah, same yeah, size deck. Ones, you yeah. play it now. You play them as well, mm. as far as I know. But I remember working in Golden this time, just taking like a land of albums all the time and just copying so many. Oh albums. yeah, better believe it. But yeah, that's what look. You're doing. Um, that was from the album, The Simpsons Sings the Blues yeah. from 1990, which is garbage. Yeah, it's, it's shite. There was another big Simpsons song after Do the Batman. What was it? Well, there was uh, there was Songs in the Key of Springfield, the mm. album. There's been about six Simpsons albums, mm. and uh, one of them was a sort of based on like Sgt. Pepper's. There was I always remember there was one song after this that was almost as big as Do the Bartman. Something to do with trouble. Oh, I can't remember. It's maybe, maybe. Big trouble, or I'm in big trouble. So yeah. I'm in big trouble. Something, yeah, could, that could be it. I always remember there was one more other big novelty Simpson song after this as well. And then it, the, Do you remember that really horrific one that Lisa sang? When the jazz man mm. testifies. Mm. Oh, God. Lisa shouldn't sing. No, Bart shouldn't sing either. Let's None of them should sing. Honest. Fucking well, nonsense. Fucking look, nonsense. We all know the Bartman, so we're going to move on. <laughs> Do the Bartman. Yeah. Crush your sister's head. What's your, what's your, that's your first one. Uh, 
Slam Jam by the WWF Superstars. Oh, your second superstars. one, sorry, your second yeah. one. Slam Jam, yeah, it was going to yeah. be picked by me if it wasn't you, so. I, first of all, I wanted, like, the, I was trying to get, like, the rock and wrestling album, the original one. Yeah. But I can't, can't find it anywhere, so I went with Slam Jam. Uh, this song, this song has everything you ever wanted in a song. There's singing, there's, like, fake horns, there's rapping, there's samples. Uh, it's from WrestleMania, the album from 1993. Uh, it's fucking, gee, it's so fucking bad. Fake horns, you say? Like, meh, 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 meh. wait, I'm gonna play it. Right, I just jumped in twenty seconds. Right, let's let me let me hit a bit of this. Huh. It's literally <laughs> just this over and over again. It's good though. I still like it. I don't know what it is. It's like the intro music to the video game. Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. Now, as the song... As the song progresses... Hopefully it'll happen now, will it? Yes. The best there is, the best there was, and the best there ever will be. Yeah. Randy Savage. Yeah. I'm the British Bulldog. You can see them in the studio with the big headphones yeah. on, the recording, and they're all tanned. And Undertaker. Says oh, Undertaker. Oh, here's the sing- singy bit. Beautiful. It's fucking now. There's a rapping bit in it as well, and it's none of the wrestlers rapping. It's just some random dude. Is it not fucking uh, Jesus? I don't know R- who it Rowdy is. Rowdy Roddy Piper. No, incredible. Mm-mm, no, it's a uh, it's mad. Now, do you know what's mad? This song was written by Mike Stock and Peter Waterman. Do, stock, a stock, Aiken and Waterman. Waterman. Yeah. You know what? It shouldn't really surprise me. Mm, not um, really. You know who the executive producer was? Um, Quincy Obviously Jones. Not. Simon Cowell. That's right, he was working with them yeah. at the time, yeah. yeah. So, Stock Aiken and Waterman were oh. like a massive songwriting team in the UK. Sorry, Randy, that's not good enough. Yeah, you exactly. have to go like, oh, fucking... <laughs> like, the same lads responsible for You Spin Me Round by Dead or Alive. That's right. Never Gonna Give You Up by Rick Astley. Loads of uh, Sonia, right? Yeah, Sonia. Kylie. Do They Know It's Christmas by Band-Aid. Kylie Minogue, maybe? Loads of Kylie. Loads and of Venus Kylie. by Bananarama wrote this yeah. absolute atrocity. Yeah, well, I don't think that's that bad. Ah, that hurts me now. Because really? it's nothing. It's just background it's music. It's just literally like a yeah. lot of stock music. It is. Stock I can work yeah, on. Stock music I can work That's a brilliant fucking name for them. Yeah. Stock music I can work Stock Aiken and Watermark. And fucking. <laughs> it's just. It's nothing like. It does nothing for me. It, it, I have no emotions to it. I feel like that's how I feel about the drink I'm drinking at the moment. Yeah, you're drinking some... Alcoholic water. Alcoholic water, some sel- some hard seltzer. Hard seltzer. Mm. Whatever the fuck that is. It's just, uh, yeah, it's alcohol for people who don't like drinking. I love drinking, but I also don't mind this. I like it. It's just nothing. It's just a glass of water that gets it's you drunk. Water, that's going to get me drunk. It doesn't yeah. taste like alcohol, really. And it gets into you real quick. Does it? Yeah. Wait till you see what happens when you finish that hey, one. Hey, get her into you. Get her up, so, uh, right up round. I did not expect that to be Stock Aiken Waterman. Yeah, they I probably. knew that Simon Kell walked him because mm. remember when the first uh, battle of the fucking the thing that Simon Kell does X Factor. Yeah, Peter Waterman was on it, wasn't he? I don't remember. One of them was on it. Yeah, probably the slick fucking back hair guy up. Yeah, he worked closely with them anyway. Looks he, like Christopher Hitchens. Yeah, he he produced a lot of their stuff. Um, executive producer for whatever label fucking put this atrocity out. Yeah. Now I had to find this. I found this track on... Uh, Did Jim Johnson not just be given this whole thing? That's why I don't care. No, not externally. Only in-house. Jim Johnson done all their in-house That's stuff. That's what I'm saying. Is this got anything to do... Is no. this sanctioned by WWF? Oh, yeah. 
But why didn't wasn't it given to Jim Johnson? Because yeah, they, they used to do loads of albums. Uh, once rock and wrestling in the eighties done real well. I think it was rock and wrestling. That was a pile driver. One of the other. There was I think a couple of albums. Um, pile driver. Yeah. yeah, it's actually all such bullshit. Yeah, it's not absolute garbage. <laughs> but um, th- there was a bunch of these albums that happened in the eighties, and this was their first version, uh, first attempt at doing it in the nineties. So off WrestleMania the album. Now I found that. I couldn't find WrestleMania the album, but I found it on this playlist called Now Forgotten 90s, 100 hits, mm. some, some bullshit. Um, so if uh, that that's one of those playlists that could disappear tomorrow. Yeah. So God help you. Oh God, yeah, you know what? Listen to this playlist real quick because half of this shit is going <laughs> yeah, to go. I'm surprised half of this is on it now. It will be gone. Uh, yeah, yeah it, it's just, it's novelty, but it's, it's one of them throwaway novelties. I don't get... I don't understand. I don't know who the fuck would buy it. Do you know? You know I don't know who would buy it, but what it does sound like is you know when you buy a wrestling video game and the, the character selection screen, yeah. In, in, especially in the arcade mm. when they were all doing the volume wars in arcade where they were pumping out the music, yeah. thing. Yeah, that's what it sounds like. Uh, anyway, that was that was uh, yeah. Slam Jam by the WWF, not even WWE, uh, WWF superstars. Mm. Who's your next one? This is my first non-official one that okay. we've done. Every one we've done so far, even the horror show. Uh, night that could say it's Christmas (laughs) Uh, this is The Firm Star Trekking from 1987 I like this song oh yeah everybody loved it as a kid this is absolute earworm I was very young when this came out because I'm not that old of course I am it's a fun song with an absolutely great video Um, it uses quotes from Star Trek done by like the guys in the band who weren't really like a band before this yeah um, the producer is even on it, I think, and one of their wives get in to do the, the female vo- the vocals. Yeah. Um, Stand in the jack there with his microphone. Exactly, yeah. yeah. But did you know that the, the Spock quote, it's life, Jim, but not as we know it. Yeah. That's not from Star Trek at all. Uh, no, I, I think that was one of the things where uh, there's been a couple of famous Star Trek quotes that aren't, that aren't Star Trek yeah, quotes. Mis- yeah. Misattributed, yeah. Just, just, uh, yeah. Um, the reason they made a video in the first place is because it did so well. Um, is he the guy that made this? I can't remember his name. I had it written down there for a while ago, but I don't know where it's gone. Um, so recorded a load of them. I think he got 50, 50 of them or so made and sent them around to all the hmm. radio stations. And it finally got picked up so much that it got into the top of the pops. And I went, shit, what are we going to do? He said, I am not going out there onto that stage like a really? sap. He said, look <laughs> at us. We all, we're on our 30s, yeah. 40s. It'll take away the entire illusion of the whole yeah. thing. So we need a video. So the top of the pops go grand. If you can't do it, you'll show us video. Yeah. So they went to the Spit and Image people and they oh, okay. gave them a quote and they said, oh, no, we can't afford that. Yeah. No matter what we make from this, we'll never be enough to pay Yeah, we're never matching that. So um, they went to a company called, was it the... Hitting Image. It's something like that. Jesus, <laughs> there. Splitting Image. I have it down there and I forgot to finish off the rest of the sentence. It's like uh, Film Garage or something yeah. like that. Like a bunch of students that did it with stop motion animation. I think it took two weeks... Uh, I still like the video for that. It's a great video. This song knocked Whitney Houston, I Want to Dance with Somebody, off, the, off the top of the chart. Give it a blast there. Give it a bing. I Give just it threw blast. it like 15 seconds in, right? Yeah, so we get into it here. Starboard bow, starboard bow, thing goes on the starboard bow. It's live, Jim, but not as we know it. Not as we know it. Not as we know it. 
I love it. I love. I still like it. I have such good memories. When I heard that as a kid, I was like, shit, man, I don't know a lot about music because I was <coughs> years yeah. old. And this, I didn't even like Star Trek. I love Star Trek and I love that song. I love it. I think everyone loves this song. Yeah. It's a, how do you not love it? How do you not? It's so, and the video's charming. Yeah, yeah. It's just, you can tell that like it costs nothing, yeah. but they put their heart into it. Like, Listen, there's not a huge amount left to talk about. It was self-made, self-produced, uh, self-released initially. Yeah. And, uh, Jesus. That's uh, yeah. That's the firm with Star Trek. And yeah. they said, they, remember them. They said that we, we can't go on top of the pops. We can, it'll ruin everything. Yeah, they, if people ruin. saw what they looked like and how they yeah. made it. And, so yeah, it's yeah. mad that like the video wasn't for us. Video came like a good bit after, like could be months after. Mm. It actually went into the next year because this song was out late two thousand or sorry, late late, late, 2000. late nineteen eighty six. The video and stuff on top of the pops came ninety seven early on. So um, it's, one, it's one of the ones I remember just always being around. It's been there like, like I was born in what nineteen eighty one. So like it was. So was I. We're so old. Yeah. So like you wouldn't we, think it because by the time we start like knowing what sound was, like that was going to there. You know what I mean? So this to me could have been my first exposure to a novelty song. Possibly not. Mm-hmm. Just want to look through the. It's stuff. up there. I've got another one. I think that's going to be of an equal footing. Yeah, I for early exposure to novelty songs, but yeah, this is definitely super yeah, early. Because as much as I was into uh, Night Rider before this, I never heard that Christmas one until like about ten years ago. I was like, oh, I never heard that for my life, and I hope that I hear it every day for the rest of my life. <laughs> it's absolutely fantastic. <sighs> Listen, that's firm Star Trek, and I will not ever not love it because hmm. it every time we came on the gaff, it made my whole family happy. We'd all stop and listen to like, just singing. Everybody knows the lyrics. Made your mass say cling on. Yeah, you know what I mean? Never gonna happen in your Never life. gonna happen. Well, who's your favourite Star Trek buddy? <laughs> Star Trek? What? Yeah. The fucking man with the big rice crispy head. Yeah, exactly. Who is, uh, who's your next one? My next ones are the kings of the novelty song. It's Chaz and Dave. They are, yeah. They just. This is a typical. Loads, most of these are English. Yeah, it, it, it's such an English thing. The Brits love uh, a bit of that, oh, that fucking novelty. Well, listen, this is a Ain't No Pleasing You, which is actually a great fucking song. It's a great song. The, Chaz and Dave just made an entire career off this type of kind of garbage music. Gonna open a can. Crack open a seltzer for yourself, there, chap. This is the blood and orange, blood orange, right? I, I, it tastes the exact same as the other one. Um, Jesus, it smells crazy. a bit different. It's a little bit more bitter than the other one. If if there can be a difference, uh, get smashed up on them. Yeah, l- let me play a little bit of this because yeah, I just want people to understand. Yeah, this is the one I haven't listened to yet. Actually, yeah, all right, I, ju- I just jumped like fifteen seconds. In, so hang on. Basically about your wife hating you, right? And you hating your wife. Yeah, like it's right. Uh, <laughs> you know, like that sounds like ELO. A little bit it could be ELO. Li- yeah, like a, a, they definitely have like their like kind of fun songs. Yeah, yeah, one hundred percent. Now every chasm, they, they're one of them. Are, it's harmless, their, isn't it? It's like, it's like our man does. Tr- uh, Chuckle Brothers. Yeah. It's, Chuckle Brothers are essentially Chaz and Dave. Yeah. Like, it's the same type of thing. They had uh, the big Chaz and Dave song, a song called Rabbit. It's a rabbit, rabbit, rabbit. It's fucking just same bullshit. 
this is, I wrote a thing down earlier, and it's, it's kind of, it's a, it might be the best thing I ever wrote in my entire life. <laughs> right? Because <laughs> so I was listening to it, and I was like, how do we explain Chaz and Dave? And here's what I wrote. <coughs> Clear my throat here. Every song is written to be performed in a local pub with hor- horrific men spilling beer on Union Jack rugs, will bulldogs lick their bollocks and sniff out pork scratching crumbs. <laughs> That's exactly the sound of that, isn't it? it? Is, yeah, 100% like. A little bit more family friendly, but yeah, mm. a little bit less uh, racist and aggressive uh, in terms of imagery. But you're not wrong. But like, even, I'm looking at it here, right? This I got this off the best of Chaz and Dave, and it's a picture of them on the piano singing with points in their hand oh, with yeah. a load of fat lads wearing Union Jack hats, right? And there's a bulldog underneath <laughs> someone's foot as well. And I didn't even see that when I wrote this down. And then I saw it, saw that image for the cover of the album and went, fucking done. That's it. It's the greatest thing I'll ever write. Do you know what, Good night do now. Do you know what they'll do after that? What? Arm wrestling with Chaz and Dave. Oh, arm wrestling. Then they throw their fucking keys <laughs> in the fishbowl. They all go home fucking rail each other's wives. Arm wrestling with Chaz and Dave. And then they fight about it in the pub mm. next week with their weird blazers. Before they get in their car and drive home. Yeah. <laughs> the Ford Cortina full yeah. of 18 Stellas oh yeah and the fucking the, the flashy cunt has a Capri oh yeah the one all the, all the women are after has a Capri I love the Capri Capri is one of the noisiest cars a, of all bl- a black Capri or a dark blue Capri any sort of Capri as long as it's not brown yeah brown I'm, I'm so happy they don't make brown cars you, anymore you don't want to be in life after Mars yeah life after Mars <laughs> life yeah, uh, life on Mars. Life on Mars. Yeah, Jesus Christ, I'm with you. That's a good show, though. It's a great show. It was until it got shite, and then yeah, the yeah. spin-off that was garbage. Fe- 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 uh, fe- listen, that's Chaz and Dave, the, the the undisputed kings of the novelty song. They made an entire career off it, and I don't think people even consider them to be novelty songs. They're just like modern well, folk well, fucking you know pub songs. They're delivered in a sort of way that's not too piss takey. Some, some of their stuff absolutely like it's, is. it's tongue in cheek, but yeah. it's not. It's like they'll have songs musical. About, they'll have songs about the English holidays to land. Oh yeah. Have, we're going to Blackpool, yeah. we're they'll, having a ball. They'll have yeah. songs about being, a, like, presumably, like, what you call it, builders. Actually, there's another novelty song we never mentioned, El Vitor saying Pet. Oh, a, yeah, yeah. One. And Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Nail has his own yeah. Crocodile Shoes. Crocodile Shoes. That's a great song. That's a great song. Yeah, it is a super song. Right. Who is your next one? My next one is The Cat, Tongue Tied. <laughs> I, I, I refused, right? I saw this pop up on the list, and I refused to listen to it because I want to experience it for the first time. Right, so this is a song by Danny Jules. Danny, uh, Danny John Jules, I think it is. Danny James Jules, uh, a.k.a. The Cat from Red Dwarf. Mm. And this comes... Ow! This is from 1993, but this is released five years after it first appeared in the episode Parallel Universe, which is a great episode of Red Dwarf. This, the, the history of Red Dwarf is real fucky. Yeah. Real, so, real fucky. What they did was, five years later, when Dwayne Dibley... Dwayne Dibley! So ...was good. created, they realised that they wanted to make a video for this song, and they put a lot of characters that had been in all of the... Uh, a lot of the episodes up until mm. then. Um, give it a bash there, actually. Uh, smoke me you, a kipper, you mean? Smoke, yeah, smoke me a kipper there, you <laughs> smeg You smeg head. You smeg head. Well, I'm just hit it from the get-go, right? Well, skip ahead about 20, yeah. 25 seconds. Right, well, let's, let's do that then. It won't let me. Hang on. Get Ooh, in there, you fucking bastard. There we go. Right, here we go. When I saw you for the first time What? What? Because kidneys and liver is what cat Yeah. Clever. That's a strong kick drum. 
what the <laughs> fuck? So this was uh, composed by Howard Goodall, who was the composer for uh, the Red Dwarf team. Yeah, which is amazing. Yeah, the, the te- he also did a lot of themes and incidental music. I didn't want to pick out which was which. Yeah. From Blackadder, Mr. Bean, The Tin Blue Line, Vicar Dibley, uh, a lot of Catherine Tate stuff as well. But the lyrics themselves were actually written by um, Rob Grant and Doug mm. Miller, the creators of, of Red Dwarf. The funny thing about uh, the Parallel Universe episode, this is the first time we ever meet Hilly. Okay. So the opposite of, not, or sorry, the alternative of Holly. Yeah. And if he, a bit, within within about a year, he had left the show. Holly, Holly was great. Yeah. All right, boys. All right, boys. All right lads, what did yeah. they say? Um, There's a hole in the wall. Yeah, it's brilliant. <laughs> yeah. So he left to do his own show. Yeah. And they were, they, she had to, Hattie Hayridge actually had to uh, go for an audition. Did she? For this part. And they went, oh yeah, you're, you, you've got... <laughs> you were on the show already yeah. doing the alternative version of him yeah. so she got kept on yeah uh, and she's brilliant as well she's super absolutely yeah. there's a hole in the wall you need that joyness yeah. yeah it was the absolute perfect you know that was one of the big replacements of English TV so you had like Only Fools and Horses when you replace a character like the uncle to the grandpa yeah or sorry, Uncle Albert yeah. Uncle Albert was yeah. replaced by Grandad, Grandad yeah, yeah. who was not as good but but I, I equally love both and I have to yeah, say yeah. I have to and I'm the same with Holly and Hilly to be yeah. honest with you with Red Dwarf um, Hilly was fucking so good it's like oh yeah we're all about to die in 10 seconds and it's fucking yeah. that show was amazing it's it really had a massive drop off in quality towards the end really well, really bad the first couple of seasons are some of the strongest British television ever made yeah so um, there's not a huge amount to be said what after uh, the cat tongue tied that's yeah wait will you hear what I have to say about the next one who who do you want to know who the next one is? Tell me. It's uh, the Toy Dolls doing Nelly the Elephant. Oh, I can't do this song. It's fucking... Alright. can't. Can you hear that squeak when I squeak in my chair? Oh yeah, both the chairs sorry. are fucky. It's alright. What can you do? It's hard to get good chairs, like, when it's there's it only, it's only a handful of people on the Patreon.com yes. forward slash. <laughs> <Lost podcast. it. laughs> uh, New chairs, please. So this is Toy Dolls. Toy Dolls are like a, a punk band that uh, had a load of songs that people like. Uh, for some reason, Nelly the Elephant is their most famous song because it's obviously... It's it's bullshit and it's uh so the original song was written in 1956 and it was just a kids record for them to fucking play and sing along with. It became incredibly famous. It became one of like the world's top children's songs. It's just yeah. up there with the fucking twinkle twinkle little star. Like I did like it as a kid, but it's, <coughs> it's so in your face and so. See this this particular version of it is designed to be played. To Chaz and Dave fans <laughs> at, at Rebellion Festival in Blackpool, <laughs> and it really oh, is. Oh, punk, punk. Yeah, we are like hand just, puppets and shit. Yeah, it's just it's it's tongue in cheek, but it's it, it got so popular it stopped being tongue in cheek mm. uh, for this band, and it's now I assume it's like their own car song or something. Let me just play a couple of seconds of it um, mm. because it's it's so fucking gar. It's just shy. Hang on. Hang on. Bombay, a travelling circus came. They brought an intelligent. It always starts with that nice slow bit before it just explodes. It does. It does the whole thing that you kind of wanted to do now in a second. And off she ran. It's fucking awful. This is when everyone's putting their arms still around each other. Yeah, they're getting ready to do the can can. Yeah, here you go. Yeah, and every fucking mutant in the venue knows the words already. Night 
Yeah, you can fuck off. No, you boy, fuck off. Listen, uh, there's been this song has been covered a thousand times. Lulu covered it uh, for the Nelly the Elephant cartoon in 1989, uh, which I remember. I remember the Nelly the uh, Nelly the Elephant cartoon. I remember that, it, and it was literally an entire television show based off the lyrics to that terrible song. Um, <laughs> was that not a thing before? No, it was just a kid's. Like seven inch, but I thought it was like a story. No, book. no, no, it was just a song. It was literally oh, just wow. a song. You could tell me there was like, a cartoon and a book before no, it was a song. No, it was just a song. I think it was like BBC Records or one of them that released it in the fifties, and they, they, that used to be a big business because like, obviously, Mammy Daddy had their fucking records that they listened to, and the kids wanted to listen to the records, so they'd release little seven inches. Um, yeah. And they were so there were a lot of them actually brightly coloured. They were red and orange and yellow, which is real weird. Pink, yeah, all sorts. I don't fucking know. They had all sorts of colours, uh, and they were real. A pink elephant, wasn't it? Nelly the elephant. Yeah, no, oh, she was just a normal elephant. He would slip that chains and run away. That's all. Oh, um, slip that chains. Yeah, that's what, that's a lyric. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's uh, they used to release in the fifties, sixties, and seventies. There was a big market for kids albums and kids singles just to keep them happy. And obviously, if, if somebody was babysitting kids or whatever, so you want to listen to fucking Nelly the Elephant again? Yeah! yeah. And off they go, put on, from, 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 they all dance around. Uh, but the, the albums were thicker. This is weird. The the seven inches were designed to be real thick. Right. Like, because they were throwing them around. Like, they were literally like toys. Oh, yeah. Like, you don't want to give a kid a... Yeah, yeah you're not going to give a kid like a proper fucking oh, record even record. As a, I'd say I was about five or six, honestly, before I was taught, allowed and shown how to use oh he was records. never allowed near I was no. I was no we had one in the parlour yeah uh, do you remember parlours yeah parlours yeah but that you weren't allowed in there well no we my granny we never had a parlour but my grandmother had a parlour and nobody ever done it well it? I say it was a parlour it was also where we had dinner so it had no, like I a little, yeah, a little table it could have been called a parlour yeah it wasn't yeah. really a parlour but it's, the, the, if I remember correctly very, like, we, we'd only fit around the edges of the table oh, yeah. the room. they were all small rooms small really small the rooms. only time I remember my grandmother having a parlour and it was never, ever, ever used. Oh, no, except yeah, for when, com- when company came over. And he'd sleep, maybe he'd sleep there as well. Yeah, yeah. Could put, put, yeah. yeah, I remember they were so small. Oh, yeah. rooms. There might be a little stereo in there or a poxy little 14 inch telly in the corner. Yeah. And there was nearly always a little fireplace or a heater. And books. And books, just shite. Yeah. And if someone came over and yeah, yeah, your grandmother was making tea and she had scones or something. It's also like that. where you'd always bring the priest. Oh, yeah, yeah, if the priest the was coming over room. into the parlour, sit parlor. down, well, father, well, how many dicks did you suck this week? Wow. Wow. Straight wow. into it. My granny was very... Forward uh, with the... Did I ever tell you about my grandmother uh, used to rent us pornos? You did? Yeah, that came up in the podcast before. Good, all right. Porkies? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And actually, believe it or not, of all things to find, when I was at one of the record fairs a couple of weeks ago, I found the soundtrack to Porkies on vinyl and I bought it. Jesus Christ. So I'm going to frame it, I'm going to put it up. What is, who's even on that? Oh, uh, George Harrison's on it and Everton, like. What? Yeah, yeah, it's actually, the lineup on the, on, on it is pretty good. It's when you start getting to like Porky's Tale was when you start getting into the Dort. Do you know if that a lot of these, like, famous artists did, like, s- weird soundtracks or novelty songs, either one of their own name or a different name, and probably earned a killing off them. Oh, on wait, the, on the I, I have one coming up now that's, um, will rock your cotton socks off. Anyway, who is your next one? My next one is one I was about to dump off the list, but hit gold, and I think Super Mario Land by the Ambassadors of Funk featuring MC Mario from 1992. I have you, this on 7-inch. Do you? This isn't bad at all. Yeah. I like this. Yeah. This was from a man called Simon Harris, who started the Music of Life label, which had at one stage Norman Cook, 
African Babada Fuck. and Paul Oakenfold. Mm. So in 1992, he teamed up with a British rapper called Einstein, who is MC Mario. Yeah, yeah. So give it a lash there, um, and we'll just have a quick listen. I'll just hit it from the get-go, will I? Uh, 14 seconds. In 14. Song, you're gonna be, you're gonna be jump, let's jump around here. Around too much, To the center of my Super Mario adventure. My girl's trapped on the other side of town, so I'm moving in leaps and bounds. Folks around my way think I'm strange, but there's a villain to blame. Even my ma, she thinks I'm crazy, but I got to rescue Daisy. <laughs> so that's a uh, that's Super Mario Land, yeah. Now, here's an interesting fact, right? This was another uh, unofficial. Oh, really? Absolutely unofficial. But you might have a copy of it which has the official artwork on it. Okay, yeah, I do, yeah. Mm. This is a different story altogether with that. So, sample legislation at the time wasn't really, like, fleshed out very well. Um, So, he remixed this without Nintendo's permission. Now, Nintendo, as we know them, to be one of the most tight intellectual yeah, property fucking very, so. very especially nowadays like they take their videos down off YouTube as far as I know like kids playing them and they, they take them down. It's I don't think they allow playthrough videos yeah. they don't allow it so they're incredibly strict with uh, any of their content so when Nintendo found out they helped them with the marketing and fuck supply, off supply they were happy them. yeah they were because they're clever you know first of all they're probably like hang on this is doing quite well. Mm. So they helped him with the marketing. They gave uh, Harris pictures that they could use, which is why yeah. you have the, the thing on the Yeah, the one they have has like the cover of the, the Nintendo game. Game, pretty much, yeah. yeah. They gave them uh, access to the guy who dresses up in the Mario suit for the video, which is terrifyingly horrible and weird. Um, they, that, But that was Nintendo UK. Nintendo US. He, he goes, shit, that was deadly. Let's launch it in the US. Got on to Nintendo in the US. I wanted absolutely nothing to do with it. Really? Nothing to do with it at all. So soon he found himself in the uh, the headquarters of Nintendo Japan. Oh, forget it. In a boardroom talking to Shigeru Miyamoto, the fucking head honcho. The head honcho. Yeah. Who? Wasn't into it. Helped him with the idea of a full Fuck. album. Full oh, album. Really? I want, I want a full album of this. Really? Yeah, so helped him with everything. Gave them all, like, even better artwork and stuff like that. So they released a Japanese-only album called the Super Mario Compact Disco on CD. Ah, so bet it's worth a fortune. So now you get 60 quid you get it for now. That's pretty good. Uh, 60 sterling, so yeah. So it was Japan only. That's like 180 euro. But here's where, here's where it's really weird as well. A few months later, a band called HWA came out with a record featuring the music from Sonic. Okay. The Sonic the Hedgehog one. Shite. Yeah. But there was also, if you remember, a song that did even better than both of these called... Tetris by Dr. Spin. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah. I loved that. Yeah, and I remember, yeah, I, I'm yeah, pretty yeah, sure yeah. I had Dr. Spin because it's the one with, that also had the original artwork. Do you know, this has fucking fucked my head up for about three hours. I had to keep double, triple checking it on yeah. every source I could as to who Dr. Spin is. Who's Dr. Spin? Please just take a guess. Take a few guesses. Take a few guesses of who. <laughs> you Dr. have to Spin. give me a little ballpark. Ballpark is uh, English uh, involved in music. <laughs> Uh, Elton John you're not a million miles away uh, Euro dance version of Tetris a Euro van a Euro oh, fuck uh, now I'll give you a hint I don't know. there's two guys one of them is Nigel Roy 
who produced for Madonna Boys Own and Take That. All right. And also, he is the boy of Andrew Lloyd Webber. Fuck off. Andrew Lloyd Webber is Dr. Spin. No way. That did the Tetris team tune that we both probably own. Yeah. Because it was great. Yeah. And I had a guy going like, hey, yeah. hey. And yeah. if you look at the, I went, the first thing I did was ran to the top of the Pops video on YouTube. Mm. They are nowhere to be seen, obviously. Nowhere yeah. So, um, fuck. I always remember when, when we were in the band and we were touring, there was a, there had to be a particular order that you put like the amps and the cabs and the guitars into the back of the van. Oh, because Ted, Ted yeah. just, yeah. yeah. And uh, like, it naturally happened that like, uh, and it, it became a thing then that once you start packing the va- van, somebody without even trying to do it would start. <laughs> Literally every single time, every gig, didn't matter whether. It no, was hang on, that was uh, Mario we just sang. Was it? Point. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but we start fucking doing the music. Like every single time, and it helped you remember <laughs> where you had to pull, like this guitar head, yeah, yeah, and the guitars went on top because with the cheap cunt had a soft case, and the hard case could go up against the window because yeah. they'd stop the fucking shit. Like, but it would it would help you remember where everything went yeah, when you hummed that 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 fucking song. I can't believe that was Andrew Lloyd Webber. That bleed mad. That's nuts. Absolutely nuts. Fucking hell. So, um, that's the story of. Super Mario Land and how Nintendo helped and it didn't help and then helped a lot. They, you know what? That's not not the way Nintendo works now. No, at all. But at the time, I think that was a fucking great idea. That's a great it pushed, move. It's a great move. It's you know what? It's always a great move if someone is coming to you. You see, the you America, help a grassroots movement that you didn't kickstart. It's all about your thing anyway. So why don't you just take yeah, ownership just do of it? it? Yeah. Do we take control of the narrative? Even if it's making whatever amount of money, you don't need that money. You're making so much more off the video games. And if it fails, you can just say, oh, there's nothing there with us. Yeah. But that's just goes to go to show kind of that the, by the early 90s, America was already super litigious that they were probably terrified to even go near that. So that was uh, Super Mario Land, Ambassadors of Funk, Simon Harris featuring MC Mario, a.k.a. The English rapper Einstein, who did a very good American accent, yeah, very from solid. But he probably listened to a lot of American rap. Yeah, he's a rapper. It would have been. Who's uh, who's your next one? I should just mention that Gar is gone off to do another piss again, and he does this to me all the time. And he's on a thing about novelty acts, and his favorite thing is Joy Bunny. That's all. That's all I want to say. My next one is uh, someone I brought up in the podcast before. Uh, person who's kind of near and dear to my heart because I love loads of her stuff it's Shirley Ellis with the clapping song so um, I never knew this was considered a novelty yeah, song yeah this is this, this would be uh, almost not the the birth of novelty song but it will S- silly funny songs yeah like uh, what, what used to happen in the in the 60s would be that they would like ba- labels like Motown and Tamiya and they, they would sign acts and if they couldn't if they didn't have bangers straight off the mark, they would kind of allocate them some some kind of garbage to see what they could do with it. Yeah. So they would they would pump out novelty songs left, right, and center, left, right, and center. They bang them out, and uh, Shirley Ellis done two of the biggest fucking uh, the name game and the clapping song 
two of those would be considered to be very. Talk about Shelley Ellis on lot, yeah, on lost songs or something like that. Uh, could have been lost songs. Yeah, she, her history is fucking insane. You should go back and listen to lost songs where I covered the the history of Shirley I think Ellis. It was that one, wasn't it? Um, great, I, I'm great pretty episode. Sure. Well, they're all great episodes, yeah. lads. Where Patreon.com forward slash lost. Um, we're basically just creating pop ups in our own podcast. Uh, <laughs> yeah, so. This is a really early example of a novelty song. Now, this is almost alone in the fact that this became, this and the name game became adopted by the Northern Soul movement. Yeah, that's and right. Took a whole new lease of life to the I point where this love, is considered this it's a great song, but this is considered now like a soul. I'm full of fucking Belgians now, drinking seltzers and fucking IPAs, pissing and belching, oh, pissing and belching, pissing and belching, belching and pissing. <laughs> Um, I haven't had any pisses for you, Bill. Okay. <laughs> you actually haven't had any yet. I haven't. Wait for it. Um, <laughs> so yeah, this is one of the few that ever kind of transcended the genre of novelty music. And it's now considered a soul classic. The music is fucking incredible. Yeah, it's very good. Lyrically, it's fucking stellar. I can't say enough good things. I think it's great. It's about like, the clapping song. Yeah, it's just one of those like, Songs that kids would have sang for years on the playground turned into a, a banger. Yeah, well, this whole this whole song is about uh, it's about being a kid, and uh, but it has that like the clapping thing is, yeah, the, is yeah. the old school. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, everybody can do it. You don't need an instrument. You don't it's need like, to be it's musical. Like hopscotch yeah. with hands or whatever. Yeah. Well, yeah. this entire song is about being a kid and not getting what you want. You know. Uh, let me play a bit of it because uh, it, it's it's fucking superb. Song, man, and she said her voice is it's gorgeous as yeah. well. Even scotch, it's like. not like really shown well how good she, of a singer is. She's yeah, on this she's song. superb. She has it's actually hard to get her stuff um, online or physically. I, I have this song on seven inch, and I have the name game on seven inch, and it took me fucking years to find them. But you would think the core her music's been used. Uh, this song I had to take off a soundtrack called Because of Win Dixie. I don't know what the fuck that is. And I think she was on the Freud Green Tomatoes soundtrack as well. I liked that film a lot. <laughs> yeah. Now, I think that they used the name game on that. Don't go on the track. <laughs> they use. I think it's the name game they use on Freud Green Tomatoes. I'm not entirely sure. You'll find a lot of her music on weird compilations and on soundtracks, but it's hard to find. And even though, I think at one stage there was like a best of Shirley Ellis, but it didn't, I don't think I had these two songs or two big songs. That's the gas. Remember like years ago when the people are split between labels and subsidiaries and move around, a greatest hits means a greatest hits from a certain time. Yeah, of that, that label's greatest yeah. hits, you know, which could be fucking way past our prime or before their prime. And what people would do is then, we, we talked about this before, they would buy up all the old crap before they went to yeah. Capital or something like that. Yeah. Release it as a greatest hits when it had no great hit on it. Uh, exactly. Yeah, you're yeah. just coasting off whatever yeah. was in the charts exactly. at the time. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that's Shirley Ellis, uh, the clapping song. I couldn't tell you what fucking album's off. 
it's off the best of Shirley Ellis if it exists. I, I don't know. Clap your um, hands. Yeah. That's what it's... Yeah, it, it, it's... Clap your hands, I, the I best fucking, of Shirley Ellis. Yeah, I fucking love it. That and the name game. The name game has, like, quite possibly the quirkiest, smartest uh, lyrical form of any soul song ever written. It's just... It's it's like a tongue twister or a yeah. limerick. But it's done in such a way that it, it becomes a game. And it's, uh, it's, it's, the whole idea behind the name game song is that it teaches you a game that you can do with your friends that doesn't evolve this song. So it, it or started do, or off. Or doing crack. Or doing fucking crack. But it starts off as just this cool little song where you remember the lyrics, but then you can take those lyrics into the schoolyard with you. And it's smoke, like. <laughs> smoke crack. Take your partner's hand and bring him around the back. Exactly. Smoke crack. <laughs> Uh, yeah, listen, that's Charlie Ellis, the, the clapping song. It's fantastic. Who is your next one? Oh, let's make this a quick one. I've never particularly really liked this character. I'm not going to lie. Mm. I get him. I get how important he is to some people. <coughs> but it's Dustin the Turkey. Oh, my dad, you mean? This is my dad. <laughs> this is full on my dad. Dustin the Turkey is my dad. The song is Come Back Zig and Zag. Yeah. Because I wanted to find a Zig and Zag song rather than a Dustin Turkey song. There's no Zig and Zag songs. Born to Toast or something? Well, yeah, but that was the name of the album. But remember, them girls, them girls. Need calcium. (laughs) (laughs) And you'll be be there to provide it, I'd say. I don't think there's a calcium in Jib. I never said about Jib. There's B12 and Zinc. You sell a lot of uh, milk-based stouts. (laughs) That's all I was talking about. Don't at all. No, you don't. Um, Do you know what? This song knocked because I couldn't find Zig and Zag. Mm. I went initially wanted an Irish one on this list, so I found a song by Bewitched called "Champagne or Guinness." Really, and it's all about I, my girl, and when I go out, I don't care what I'm drinking, champagne or Guinness. I'm like, <laughs> Jesus Christ! Jesus I was going to play a bit of it, but I decided absolutely not. I'm against it. Um, so I went back to this song again, and I, I'm not a big fan of Dustin the Turkey. Even as a kid, I loved Zig and Zag. I love Saki and I loved fucking Podge. Uh, Ian Dempsey and Alan Podge. Yeah. Podge always, and Raj and Zuppy and all. They're all the classics. Like I always found Dustin's comedy a bit. It's too much. Too much yeah. and, and, la- and lame. Do you know well, what he reminds me of, man? He it's me lame of, and it's too... It's Taxi Driver Dad humor. Yeah, but and like I'm not really... Half of... Like, that, that, was, that was broadcast on a, on a national television show for children across Ireland and I had this absolute north side fucking... Like stereotype of a turkey wearing a bomber jacket talking, ah, sure, you know, the boy is here, there. With it. And, like, and it's great. I appreciate that. I just remember thinking at the time going, okay, I don't mind Dustin. Dustin's grand. But the more I grew up, especially around the time, I think it was like 2008 mm. when he did the Eurovision, mm. Irlande, do his point. The comedy could be a lot better, man. I know you're thinking, oh my Troy God, is, is Paul just fucking nitpicking at Dustin the Turk in the back of children's yeah, television fucking am, man. Yeah. I don't think to- Dustin was done by the same people as Zig and Zag I think that was a different no it was of course it was yeah yeah. no it was no, same like voice people yeah of course it was because they left for um, they done they left, the, the they, Brooklyn Bronx rabbit fucking thing yeah well, th- well no but before that he appeared first in 1989 but Zig and Zag left in 2000 or sorry in 1993 mm. to go to the big breakfast and he stayed and that's when everyone, me and your age, kind of went... Uh, the only reason I'm saying that is because... We were old enough to watch The Big Breakfast by that stage. Yeah, the only reason I'm saying that is because very recently, this is weird, the guys who made Zig and Zag followed me on Instagram. I'm trying to find them now. Really? They did the Bronx Bunny, yeah, which was actually all right. Bronx Bunny is fine. Yeah. Or there's a picture of two mots around the face of each other. I'm trying to find them on Instagram here. 
It's not um, Zig and Zag then, is it? It's definitely <laughs> not Zig and Zag. But the, all these boys put up is all their puppet work and their voice work. And I went back and I couldn't find anything about Dustin the Turkey. Um, unless they signed the rights to Dustin the Turkey over to somebody else. Which is definitely possible. How do you mean? So, who signed? No. Uh, these two lads. It was no. two guys on Zig and Zag. Yeah, they left, man, to make the big book. So This is what this actual song is about. This song is about... Zig and Zag leaving to yeah, go to I'm London. I'm trying to find their names. Though. Yeah, walk away. But they, whether they made up the character or not, they gave them authority. Yeah, authority yeah. Bl- that's belong. Uh, Ian Dempsey left. and Den- Ray, what's his face? Ray Darcy. The, I didn't really mind Ray Darcy, Ray Darcy was at the time, but if you listen to his radio show now, he's the most vanilla, fucking mundane, mm. sitting in the middle of the fence. Oh, Jesus, not wanting to offend anybody. Oh, no, good, you know what I mean? Uh, I don't really. I can't find it. It's gone. Um, no, that's what this song is about. This song uh, is about. I stick it on there. It's, this is atrocious, and it goes to example of how not funny it is. I have. I actually have a story about these lads as well. Go on. That's, yeah. that's random, but let me go play. This. I just there. jumped uh, twenty seconds in. No, yeah. no, five, five seconds. Five seconds. Again, yeah. Let me go back. Here we go. This is a sad two friends of mine, two sons of Aaron. You want to blend the showers like so many before them. Jesus this Christ. The story goes. Sounds like a Fontaine song. <laughs> Not many summers old. Headed off on the journey. That was perilous and cold. By the way, that's the best bit of the song. What the fuck? Like it gets worse. He starts just going, "Come back, Zig and Zag," or "Have you got the end of a few quid from oh, Channel Four? Really? And like some of the things that Dustin said off the cuff when he was interviewing people was always funny. He gave people a hard time. Yeah. But when it came to novelty songs, I always thought. Uh, so we had the Eurovision Song Contest song, which was uh, slightly embarrassing, but whatever. Mm. Is it not? Not actually. No, it's not. It's not more embarrassing than the fucking composition itself. In uh, 2005, he had a song, Patricia the Stripper, with Christa Borg. Oh. And in 1996, he had a song, Rat Trap, with Bob Geldof. Presumably oh. a song about trapping Bob Geldof. Uh, Rat Trap was a, a Boomtown Rat song. It was, yeah, yeah. yeah so, that's actually a good song. Uh, no, you know what? It's the not original Boomtown Rat Trap. But this season. version, he kind of takes the piss out of him like that. Um, Is he even Irish anymore? Didn't he take the fucking... Took the Nighthood, yeah. Yeah, he did, didn't he? Took the Queen's big metal What dick. do they call it? The fucking... The Nighthood. The BME or the B... What's it called? The QRO or... has a fucking name. Has a name for it. Yeah. Um, I met one of the Zig and Zag guys because he is... He had a show on Phantom FM. Right, yeah. He had a radio show. And he was... Uh, he was mad into punk and hardcore. And I got introduced to him... Uh, who, did, who the fuck introduced me to him? Uh, what's her name? Laura. He did the Got Show. Laura Conboy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Laura Conboy introduced me to him via email. And uh, he always loved metal and he was starting to get into more and more of the hardcore stuff. So I started emailing back and forward and uh, I'll be far back from the microphone there. It was getting a bit echoey. Um, <laughs> it was kind of like a fucking any, any vocal there. Yeah. Um, uh, so um, I, I started talking to him on email and I organised to meet him down at Phantom... And I showed up with a lot of CDRs with like bad brains and sick of it all and stuff like, like yeah. shit that back then I had been introduced by other people. It wasn't like I was the fucking oracle of that type of music. I'd been introduced to me 
from other people. Yeah, the article uh, about that kind of music on this podcast. On this podcast, yeah, yeah. Fucking breeze. So I, I just burned a load of CDs. I, I just find it very juvenile. Yeah. <laughs> I find it very juvenile. I, I burned a load of CDs and I brought them down to him and he used to play them. Uh, and he was he got mad into it. And from that point then, he started getting more and more interested in the, the Washington DC stuff. Like the, and, and, and Did you give him loads of 20 bolts? No. Why not? I probably might have gave him something, but I don't know what he played. Put that to the top of the list, girl. No, that's nonsense. I you don't put, know. You put your own song in his podcast, of course he did. <laughs> I might have. I might have. But I, I always remember just doing like... Oh, listen to these lads, they're deadly, man. Unreal, don't say anything about them. Um, I always remember giving him like Fugazi and Minor Threat and Bad Brains, Black, yeah. Black Flag, all the kind of 80s stuff. Um, and he fucking loved that. And he started... He start, I can't remember what the fucking name of the show was. It was great, though. Because he obviously had like... 10 other pricks like me who were sending them in like meat man and fucking yeah. whatever nonsense sperm birds whatever the fuck uh, 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 bands get and albums own, get your own listeners to send you in the fucking stuff. fucking right man build your build your show for you like, that's what, we're doing that with listener submissions as well Absolutely. which we're going to get back to in a week or two um, yeah he, he was yeah, and he was lovely I, I think his name was Ian I can't remember his fucking name. Ian Zig. Ian Zig, yeah, John Zag. I, th- I think it was Ian, but he was a lovely fella. He, he, he was a great yeah. fucking lad. Well, listen, um, that's... Dustin. Fucking Dustin. I shouldn't really. He's a, he's a staple of Irish society and he's, he's... Well, I'm glad he's gone. He's provided a lot of laughs through the years. He Just fucked off, didn't he? Unfortunately, I don't know. Unfortunately, I, he's gone. I never... Uh, I never got, got the vibe. Even as a kid, I was like, uh, yeah, a little, little dirty, silky bomber jacket. Listen... Grant, Grant, here's your next one. Oh, the classic. I had this. It's a very, it's a very famous one. For a good reason. For a good reason. Very good reason. You could say that they wrote the handbook. <laughs> Great. Fantastic. This isn't the KLF version, though, first not. Sorry. It is the KLF version. You just did what you did. Oh, you just did what you, you always do. Do you want to go back? No. <laughs> no, because I didn't go. That's not good. All right, so that's a uh, doctoring the TARDIS by the flag. Sorry. Thanks, Helmut. Uh, <laughs> you do this prick. to me all the time. I know, you fuck a prick. This is my, that was going to be my little spicy boy for the last one. My little but everyone double, knows that's them. Double, no, they don't. Everyone knows. No that's one KLS. knows. That. Everyone who listens to this podcast is twenty. You fucking wish. I see the demographics. I know. I wish there were twenty. Half people listening is going to be dead in the next five years. Doctor and the Tardis by the flag. Uh, th- I uh, like we talked about with the fucking Star Trek one. This is my earliest memory of an novelty song. Um, this came out in nineteen eighty eight. So this on the Star Trek and across the universe. Th- this to me are both one and the fucking same. The, the same type of thing. Uh, Bar maybe Joy Bunny. <laughs> this is my fucking. <laughs> this is the one. Uh, to the point where if anybody mentions Doctor Who, everybody goes fucking Doctor Who. Just don't say KLF. Hey, Doctor Who. Definitely yeah. KLF. It definitely, yeah. Definitely is. <laughs> that that um, was their big one. Yeah, but it wasn't them. Nobody, no, it wasn't nobody them. knew till later that it was them. That was the whole idea. Sorry. It was. It was. This was. This was a marketing scam. Uh, okay, so <laughs> as as Helmut just wrecked it. Uh, so this. <laughs> This came out in 1988 and has sampled some Gary Glitter, Rock and Roll, um, Part 2. Whoops. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and Blockbuster by The Sweet. Um, so, the whole big secret about this, about the flag, was that it was actually the KLF. Right? Okay? 
Go on. What? Go on. All right. The KLF. KLF had released a book. Um, it was called fucking The Manual, it was called. And the tagline of The Manual was, how to have a number one the easy way. And basically what they done in this book was they broke down what the public needs to hear. What the public needs to hear in order for the song to be extraordinarily popular. Right. And uh, Sorry, no, this is, this is where I'm coming. It, the Flag is not the band. Time Lords is the band. Uh, yeah, sorry. Sorry, that's the, sorry, only, yeah, the only yeah, reason yeah, I said it, yeah. I, what I meant to say was... Time Lords, you're that's right. That's the yeah. Time Lords version, and I said KLF, so now I know why you're yes, arguing yes, 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 Now yes, I know why yeah, you're yeah. arguing yeah. Uh, This is the radio version, so it's, it's mad compressed yeah. as well. It's only fucking like two and a half minutes long. Um, so they released this this thing called the manual, and the manual was, was called How to Have a Number One the Easy Way, and they broke down the science of creating a number one hit. So anybody who read this book could, in theory, fuck off and make a song yeah. that would enter into charts and do extraordinarily well. And this was done as an experiment by the KLF under the guise of the Time Lords to show fucking, to show how to do it. So this song came out and everybody fucking lost their mind. I also have to point out that this song is better than anything else in the entire world to do with Dr. Hill. Dr. Hill's garbage. Oh, I don't get it. It's just, I don't understand. It's I don't get it. I, I, get, that they, I get that they had like a budget of a fiver per episode and at start, <laughs> and it was like, you know, the precursor to everything like, uh, what's that good boy and thanks for all the fish fucking thing? Hitchhiker's Guide, yeah. Red Dwarf and all that. I just don't like yeah, it. I don't. It's it's like, too nerdy I understand how people like my mother and father thought like the Daleks were scary. Because yeah. like they'd never seen literally anything in their entire life. Yeah, we, no one in my house watched the that scariest era. thing my man and dad ever saw was, was a storm. When was a, a storm. Like you know what I mean? It was thunder and lightning. You know what I mean? They fucking full shot the bed when there was a fucking lightning storm, and then not 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 their not their youngest daughter or with her head split open on the kitchen floor. No, that the, was normal. The sun smashed that, it with, that a, was with a Sanyo stereo. I remember not one that. the the only night my ma ever decided to go out with her friends on the piss, like where she like done herself up. Done the full fucking hero makeup and the hero dress. <laughs> the full, like, fucking. I, 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 this was year, like, obviously a hundred years ago. My ma probably wasn't even 40 yet. And this is our last gasp at fucking, like, clinging on to, like, any sort of, like, independently owned fucking femininity. Fucking I hell. always remember. And I remember taking the, the fire, like, the spark guard off the fire and putting it down on the, on the living room floor and taking cushions off the couch and putting behind it and trying to do high jumps and falling and breaking my leg five minutes before my ma had to go out with our mates and how having many, to go to Temple Street. How many bones have you broken in your life? Uh, I didn't actually, actually, believe it or not, I've never broke, broken a bone. Me neither. What I done we are when I jumped over that was that I, uh, I bent a bone. You bent a bone? Mm, yeah, I just, even the doctor said it was real weird. What is the, does that not just go back to normal then? And now I put like some sort of stress, like hairline fracture. Right. But okay. not enough for it to ever matter. So it was like, just don't walk in it for two or three days and you'll be grand. You were like, go out to play football. Yeah, well, me ma cried in her makeup. <laughs> and had to like take up the payphone that we had in the house and put tempons into it to ring all our mates to say that she couldn't come out. Oh no, I yeah. thought you meant this was when she was away. Oh no, literally like she was getting ready to walk out the door. You horrible bastard. Before I was like, let's play high jumps. You between that and smashing your fucking sister's head in, you're, few times you're not a good person. <laughs> Just my sister brings out the worst of me, like <laughs> you know, you don't ha- like you don't actually have a partner in crime, like because my sister's a couple of years younger than me, so she wasn't like able to do the things I was able to do when yeah. I was like whatever ten. 
So she was always like the little rogue rat fucking dragging a teddy bear behind her or something. Yeah. Because of that fucking hate of her. You always had to mind her. You know, I was like, I'm going now. Bring your sister with you. Oh, fucking. I'm going to fuck her. Throw her into a bleeding lady. We're making cats. Yeah, we're making cats, man. We're having a rock war. You know what I mean? Muck, Can't bring grace with me. A muck ball for you. Exactly. We're eating squirrels or whatever. Whatever we were doing, I can't bring grace with me. That got weird. Yeah, but we can't, whatever you were doing. Like, I, t- I told you before, when Ninja Turtles was big, we built a boat out of uh, polystyrene and tried to get into the sewer. There was an open sewer down in... Uh, you clearly hadn't seen it, yeah. <laughs> no, that, yeah. Um, there was an open sewer, a big giant one, like a Ninja Turtle open sewer down at the bottom. Down, Gar. Yeah. I got a we lot of float down here. I got a lot of Simpsons LPs down <laughs> exactly. here. Exactly, Gar. Uh, do you like Brave Star? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> I do, I do. Voice in the dark. I'm on my way. Yeah. Yeah, there was this big giant open sewer down at the bottom of Moby Road, which is actually quarantined now for the coronavirus because that school, um, the school with the coronavirus in it is on Moby Road. But there was a big giant hole in like uh, underneath Botanic Gardens that led into the sewer. So me and a load of my mates got a load of fucking uh, polystyrene and pallets and built a boat and floated into it. And we came home covered in leeches and my dad battered me. Did we had leeches. All, we thought about eels. We were like, look at all the eels sucking us. I mean, that's a fucking leech, those are horrible cunts. And he battered us all. <laughs> Me mates and all. That's back when you could batter other people's children. Holy shit. Yeah. He gave them a few slaps as well. Oh, yeah, of course, yeah. Then again, no one's going to obscure that. No one's fucking muscle, saying it. Muscle guy. Uh, yeah, but yeah, listen, you, you wrecked it. The KLF. Uh, who's your last one? Sorry. It's Grant. No, sorry, you did it to me all the time. I all the time. My last one is Muhammad Ali. Mm. And the song is, well, it's actually part of a, a record, so it's The Adventures of Ali and His Gang versus Mr. Tooth Decay. I'm actually looking at the cover here. <laughs> Did you listen to it yet? No, I haven't. You're mad. Look give give this a quick spin at uh, seven seconds in. Hang on, I wonder, seven seconds in, it's just, it says like featuring, and I want to see who it features. Don't, no, don't, because no, you'll wreck this on me now. All right. Yeah. Which you want to do, but don't, because it's, it's a good story. I can't get seven seconds, hang on, I'm just going to hit. Seven hit, seconds. Hit, seconds are we here? <laughs> Just as long as you stay Who knocked the crack in the Liberty Bell? Ali, Ali. Who really gave that bell a smack? Ali. Who punched it so hard that the bell did crack? Hit it so hard with an awful whack. Ali. He's good timing though. Well, he's a boxer. Is that last line? I don't know. Maybe sometimes view. View? Maybe sometimes you. Do. Do. Maybe sometimes do. Do what? There's a weird fucking thing to say. Um, so, the story of this whole album is, it kind of revolves around Muhammad Ali training for a fight against Mr. Tooth Decay and his sidekicks, Sugar Cuber and Willie Plack. Fuck off. And the album cover, actually, yeah. On the album cover, Tooth Decay looks remarkably like uh, that famous anti-Semitic stereotype cartoon. Mm. Like, you know, that yeah, one. I can see it. Rubbing his hands. I can see it. It looks like like a lot like that. <laughs> yeah. It looks like they... He look- looks a bit ropey, all right, doesn't yeah. he? He's got the physical features of yeah. a classic stereotype. So, so at one point... This whole uh, album's only $2.99 as well, by the way. <laughs> At one point, 
Ali rescues a group of children from uh, from buying ice cream. Because imagine how popular he was. Yeah. Don't do that. Don't do that. Ice cream. Fuck you, yeah. Mohammed. I'll box the head out of you. From a shopkeeper who was played by Frank Sinatra. Really? <laughs> you fucking had to bring the white man into it to be the baddie. <laughs> well, no. Dr. Tutake was the what would look like a Jewish guy, apparently, but but looks he's, like covered up. Yeah, it's, um, it's fucking horrific. He, he, takes, he takes. He's also hoarding goods under his arm. Wow, that I can see. He he is. He's a I big think bunch this, of shit under someone his arm. did that with a with a with a stereotype in mind. To be honest with you, uh, so he takes the children on an organic farm trip where they learn the importance of drinking milk and eating fruit and vegetables. Um, oh, I can see that this whole thing is designed to sell Muhammad Ali toothbrushes. Yeah, well, there's loads of that, yeah, and it did. Uh, it was approved by the uh, the dentist association because I can see the little kind of Jewish tooth guy. He says, uh, no, "I'm going to no, get no, out of here." A Jewish book on, yeah. <laughs> you, you said Jewish a second ago. Uh, I'm going to get out of here. Ali toothbrushes fill me with fear. <laughs> Shit, can you stick? To, can you jump ahead to eight fifty-five? Eight minutes fifty-five. Yeah. That's seventeen minutes well, it's long because it's a record. They didn't break it up properly. Okay, what's say eight? What eight fifty-five or eight eight fifty-five? Nine, whatever. Um, okay, we'll get a little bit. You want a bit more? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm yeah. very eager for this. Here we go. Bring on to decay. Then there's Willard Willie Black. He works with a chain, latching onto your teeth and causing you pain. <laughs> the fuck? Now I'm gonna tell you how you can all get into the fighting. It's like Delta Blues. It is. Because what we gonna do the two. There's lots of weird synths on this as well. Really exciting. And terrible samples. We've got the stuff to run him away from here. He sounds fucked. Just he sounds like Muhammad Ali about ten years ago. Sounds like, yeah, like, like a day before he died. Get your dental. That's called the future sample. Exploded and ready for action. The news is out, and this is the latest. They won't have a chance because we are the greatest. Great, great, great. <laughs> Holy fucking hell. So, um, that is Muhammad, Muhammad Ali, Ali and his gang. And his, the adventures of Ali and his gang versus Mr. Tooth There's an awful lot of writing on that cover. When, when you, too when you, much. Yeah, when there's you see the, much. when you look at the playlist, there's a lot of, it's, it's like a night time to read on it. They're selling it too hard. So, um, just before you go into... No, yeah. We've, That's it, yeah. Um, so, by, by the end of the album, he wins the fight against Mr. Tooth Decay by a TKO in the fourth round. I hope and, so. And Ali actually has to be dragged off him several times. Oh, like he tears into him. Tooth Decay like. suffered swelling and subsequent bleeding of the brain that left him <laughs> confined to a specially CTE. made tooth wheelchair for the rest of his life before dying penniless from a stroke in 1983. I made that last bit up. I'm not going to lie to you. It suits. It suits. But uh, I will say that that always interested me when I knew about this, Muhammad. <laughs> Fucking hell, man. I, I, I didn't know that was a real thing. Is a novelty record. That's from start to finish. Yeah. A full record worth of it. That's the, the second. Apparently, there's bits on it that are just psychedelic weird. Makes no sense. That's a, Some producer just yeah. had but there was the sam- raw foils and samples had the that, that sound like something from like Skinny Puppy, you know? Like mad, weird, horrible sounds going on in there. That represent Mr. It was only two ninety nine for the whole fucking album as well. It's yeah. Value. Actually, we have a look for that on Discogs. Now. Yeah, I think I might as well. Uh, is that is that it? That's it. Did we wrap it up? That is a wrap. 
That is a wrap for the novelty songs. That was songs. our novelty songs. Yeah. There's a lot of info in there for you. Isn't I enjoyed that. That was fun. Yeah, that was fun. Uh, <laughs> I nearly made you die at the start of it. Oh, fucking hell, man. That bleeding Knight Rider. Jesus Christ. I'm <laughs> should we play it? No, we, no, we no it's going to take me ages to line it up. <laughs> no, <laughs> take me fucking ages to line it up. I can't do that again to myself. <laughs> it's too late. It's too yes, late. It is too it's late, the late. middle of the night. Um, yeah, that's us. We'll be back again next week. If uh, you like us, you can do us a favour. And you can go to patreon.com forward slash Lost Art Podcast. I also think this is a good one to share for friends who are not particularly into podcasts. This is a novelty song. Look, we're talking about Dustin, The Simpsons, Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Give us an L share. Yeah, tell your mates. This is not a serious news Don't, we don't spoil the uh, KLF bit, though. Fucking prick. I, I won't, do you know what? Do you know what? Right? I, tell I you thought start. everybody knew that. Yeah, no. I didn't know that until uh, five minutes before we started recording oh, this. bullshit. I'm not even messing. It's written in pencil. I knew that when I was a kid. That was we KLF. Didn't, I didn't know that. I, all I knew about the KLF is that they burned a lot of money on a Scottish island. They that's, did. Yeah. That's all I knew. I, a, million, a million pounds. A million pounds, yeah. That's a million pounds. A million, I'd love a million pounds. What would you do with a million pounds? I would try and stop the crown. That would fucking wonder. Get it far away from full it. Full hole. I'd, I'd just build, the crown I'd build a fort around people I liked. I wouldn't even say loved. Like, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we would buy loads of uh, spaghetti hoops and cans, which don't <sighs> perish for another few years. And I reckon we'd survive it then. Just fucking that, like Madeira cake, that gluten-free yeah. fucking uh, toast. With a million quid, I could probably say to people like Duran Duran, "Come on over and play for us." Just every plays night. a song, yeah, and we'll shield you from the coronavirus. Suck a dick as well, let's say Duran Duran. <laughs> Suck a dick, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was the story, wasn't it? We talked about that. Before. We did talk yeah. about that. They got bored of girls and yeah. decided to. They just got. They rode so many women. They just said fuck it, like lads. Like Personally, it. I can't imagine what that's like, and to then go on to dicks, but whatever. Uh, I I'm, I'm dizzy. dizzy. <laughs> yeah, Patreon.com forward slash Lost Our Podcast. If you don't want to spend five dollars a month, which is fucking way less than five euro a month, you can just uh, tell your mates, share it out, uh, review us. It's very important also that. Um, you, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Google Podcasts, that you review us and rate us, give us a few stars. Sick We're of doing fucking well. Going cap and hand to you fuckers. To be honest <laughs> with you. I really am. A little, a little share. Some of these are so good every time. Not yeah. even once every time. Yeah, and also, what hurts Jesus, about click, it? Jesus, click like. Jesus Christ, just click yeah. like. What hurts is that it looks like the same like ten people are the only people who listen to this podcast. Legends, by the way. When, yeah, you. when we see the statistics and there's fucking thousands, in some cases, tens of thousands of people listening to this podcast. Now I'm sure it's the end of the podcast. You heard us say Patreon.com. You fucking Checked turned out. it off. But like, let's be honest, lads. We're fucking here doing this for free. It's the middle of the night. <laughs> like, do us a fucking favor. If you're not going to give us five dollars a month. That's fine. You don't have to do that. That'd be great. But you don't have to. Yeah, share, share. Just share it. Rate, review, share it. Do it. It was a fucking flavor. Some of the stuff that you share on your Facebook timeline, lads, is horrifically... Call an ambulance. Like, tell us fucking what you want. Do some sort of fucking interaction. We're getting a bit angry now. Yeah. Listen, we we broke our fucking thousand likes on Facebook, which is really hard to do in this day and age. Um... Because you have to fucking fight and claw for them. I remember like when Facebook first, uh, when they first launched, within like five years, you could start a group that was like fucking, I, I don't know, uh, uh, wallpaper enthusiasts, and you'd have 40,000 fucking likes in six weeks. Not just that. Like, with your, with your fan base, let's say those thousand people, when you posted, you'd reach they'd 900 see of them. 
They'd see it. And only, the only other ones that wouldn't see it were people who just weren't on Facebook that yeah. day. Now, they, Facebook give you less than 5% of your audience. Yeah, th- like there's that. essentially a hack we can do with Facebook that the more of you guys that get involved with the Facebook page... They think it's, oh shit. They think, oh, let's get behind it. And yeah. Facebook themselves have their algorithms push us that tiny yes. little bit more. That's the real reason we're asking you, to, to yeah. break, break that lock. Anyway, look, we also do appreciate listening and stuff like that. But, yeah, uh, and we're, yeah, as always, we've loads of fucking shit in the, in the works. It's just a matter of uh, getting enough money and enough time together to actually get it going. We have loads of savage I think we'll be starting video um, next month. I think so. I think so. I think so, yeah, that's the plan. Anyway, we'll leave it at that. Uh, that's less than an hour and a half. That's pretty good. Um, with our new delicious sounding rig I'm actually kind of get, after getting used to listening to uh, talking to us in the headphones that now. does sound silky doesn't it yeah, I've done a new thing with the mixer earlier I'll tell you about it later One. Um, but anyway we'll talk to you again next week thank you very much thanks guys